Mary Meat. Welcome to Witch Magic. I'm Dawn, and I will be taking you on a spiritual journey to all things magic and witchcrafts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Witch Magic. Today, we will talk about the different types of magic, as well as the elements and the use of energy. So, it's been about a month since we spoke to each other, and um, just want to kind of let you know about where I'm at right now. So, I'm in the final stages of the wedding plans. And as I'm recording this right now, it is a Thursday. And that means two more days till our wedding. So I am getting so excited and everything is coming together nicely. And I just have like, I took a couple of days off of work so that I can rest and get things prepared, you know, the final preparations and all that stuff. And yeah, it's been going really good. And um, we are going to be taking a trip for our honeymoon. And I'll tell you guys more about that on the next episode. Because as of right now, we're in the stages of getting ready. But when I post this episode, Chris and I will already be married. So I'll tell you all about the wedding and everything like that, our trip and everything like that on the next episode. All right, so let's get on with our subject. So, <clears throat> there are many ways to practice the craft, and there really is no wrong way to do it. It all depends on what you believe in and what you feel comfortable with. I'm going to get through as many of these different types of magic as I can, but really there are too many to count. There's too many different ways. Some of these you may have heard of, some you may have not, but I will give you a brief description of each one that I mention, and you can make your decision whether or not it sounds like something you may be interested in, or maybe that you are already practicing. Maybe you've practiced it before, and it just didn't seem to fit for you. So hopefully something here will click and interest you to check it out. Anyway, here we go. So the most common types of magic that people seem familiar with are black and white or dark and light. Dark magic is known to be a practice for evil intent and selfish purposes. Think about putting hexes on people, making something bad happen to someone in order for a good thing to happen to you, calling upon dark spirits to aid you in your work, and more. Whereas light magic practices the rule of any harm none do as you will. So think healing spells, spells for protection and good luck. Any kind of spell that you would do for someone with their permission, of course, to better their situation. And people might have their own beliefs about this, but I always believe, I've always believed that if I want to do a spell for somebody because I want to help them, I really want their permission. 
most of the time I like to be asked, you know, someone come up to me and say, hey, can you do this for me? I've had that happen. And I'd be more than happy to, you know what I mean? As long as it's appropriate. Um, but if I notice that somebody's going through a rough time, let's say, and I really want to help them through magic, I always talk to them first because I don't want to just do something for somebody and then, I don't know, I'm just kind of weird about that, I guess. And I know a lot of other people have that same belief, but it's all, like I said, what you believe in and how you practice. So let's move on to the next type of magic. Divination, we've talked about before, is the practice of foreseeing or getting guidance to the future, as well as getting insight from spirits and deities. And like I said, we've talked a lot about divination on this show, but the most popular forms of divination is reading tarot or oracle cards, as well as runes and witches stones. Other methods are using reflective surfaces for scrying, magic boards such as Ouija and psychic circle boards in which you get answers by using an indicator, um, meditation, and through your dreams. Kitchen magic is cooking with intention. Kitchen witches use certain herbs and ingredients in their foods that will help with anything they intend for it to do, such as healing ailments and things like that. They will write up a spell and say or think the words while stirring using helpful herbs and pretty much blessing the food. They will cook or bake certain foods for their intentions as well as for the Sabbaths. Green magic is all about working with herbs, plants, and your garden. Herbs and plants are all natural and they have powerful qualities. Always be sure of the plants you are using and the parts of the plants as they have different effects. Plus, you want to make sure you don't have any allergic reactions, such as I had a while back. Protective magic is just what it sounds like. Protecting yourself and your loved ones from harm or evil. Think about hanging three bells on your front door to keep away evil or hanging a wreath for that same purpose. Some people hang horseshoes. You can blow cinnamon out your door at the beginning of each month for protection. Hang a crystal, such as a tiger's eye, on your rearview mirror in your car for safe travels. You can even keep a stone in your pocket or purse to carry protection wherever you go. Necromancy is the practice of communicating with the dead for insight into the future or to accomplish something that's usually impossible. Many consider this to be dark magic. If you ever try this form of magic, please use measures to protect yourself and all who are involved. You should always use protection, but especially with something as tricky as this. Ceremonial magic is the whole process of performing spells through rituals. So think about opening a protective circle, lighting your incense and candles, calling on the quarters, libations, the whole bit. This could be done at your altar or outside. I love ceremonial magic. It makes me feel like the spell or ritual is more complete. It's not always necessary though, but it can be a lot of fun if you have the time. Folk magic is a term used for the common folk 
and covers a wide variety of diverse practices. Think healing the sick and working in nature, finding lost items, and bringing good luck and good fortune. Blood magic is just how it sounds, using blood in your magic. I don't recommend harming yourself to do this. However, it can be very powerful. The term blood brothers and sisters comes to mind when I think of this. So when I was a kid, we would make a small cut on our hand along with our best friend, just enough so that you would get a small bead of blood. We would then put our palms together to share the blood. Remember a time when Angelina Jolie was married to um, Billy Bob Thornton and they both wore vials of each other's blood around their necks. That is blood magic. It indicates a union. Some women use their menstrual blood to put in sachets or charm bags for certain intent. I in no way, shape or form agree with animal sacrifice but I have heard about people using their already dead animal's blood to keep in a sacred box or jar. I'm not entirely sure what they use it for, but if you know about this, please share with me your insights on it. The definition of sympathetic magic is magic predicted on the belief that one thing or event can affect another at a distance as a consequence of a sympathetic connection between them. So it's pretty much mimicking something on a smaller scale to produce something on the larger scale. Do you know what I mean? For example, pouring water from a watering can into a container on your altar to make it rain. Binding spells help to prevent another person from doing harm to you. Usually you would either use a picture of them or make a poppet representing them, or just inscribing their name on a candle. You can make a knot out of rope, yarn, ribbon, or string. You can also use water where you would throw an item of the person into it. Candle magic is where you would use certain colored candles for your intent. I do have a color correspondence chart on my website if you wanna check that out. Anyway, whoever you do the spell for, whether for yourself or someone else, you would use a candle of their birth color. And then you would use ones of whatever colors are meant for your intentions. You can even use colored candles to represent the elements. And candles can be inscribed with names, sigils, or other symbols. They can also be oiled and rolled in herbs that would match your intent. Once a candle is burned all the way down, the wax forms in a certain way that some read meaning into. Elemental magic helps you connect to the four elements in nature. You can use items to represent the elements, such as dirt for earth, um, a feather for air, sticks for fire, and a shell for water. Lunar magic is working closely with the moon. Certain spells work better with certain phases of the moon. I have a chart on my website if you want to check it out. The moon goes through eight phases. The best phases are the new and waning moon to rid of something such as bad habits or weight. And the waxing moon is a time to attract something of need 
such as money or job opportunities. And the full moon can be used for all kinds of magic. Cottage magic is intended for spells of the hearth and home. The way you decorate your home, for instance, can have magical meaning. Think feng shui for a zen-like atmosphere. Plants you have in your home can be magical, and kitchen magic goes along with this as well. Fairy magic is using methods to connect with the fae and also with nature. Interaction with fairies can be very meaningful and fun, but be aware that some fairies are very mischievous and can also do harm. So just be mindful of that. So those are just some of the different types of magic. There are so many different ways to incorporate magic into your everyday life. And many of these methods can be used together. So I did do an episode titled Types of Witches. So you might want to check it out if you haven't yet. Because not only did we discuss the types of magic on there, on here, but a little little bit of other methods as well. So now that we talked about some of the different types of magic, let's talk about the elements and how we can use them in our practice. I know we have also talked about the elements early on in this podcast, but sometimes it helps to go over things again to get a better understanding, a fresh look on it, as well as to refresh. So there are four elements, right? Earth, air, fire, and water. But wait, there's also a fifth one. Do you guys know what that is? Right, spirit. But spirit isn't everything and everyone. So for the sake of this episode, we will just go over the other four elements. The earth element is our home. It's where we live. We walk on this earth. We grow food to nourish on. We admire its beauty in nature. Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn are earth signs. Green and brown are the corresponding colors. The season associated with earth is winter. And magical workings include money, sustenance, and growth. Magical tools associated with it are the pentagram and bowling. Animals are stag and bison. To represent earth on your altar, you could use dirt, a green or brown crystal, a plant, or a rock. And you would place it to the north. Air. We need air to breathe. We couldn't survive without it. Trees and plants provide us oxygen. Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius are the air signs. Yellow and white are the colors of air. So you could use crystals of those colors to represent it on your altar or some things like a pinwheel, a feather, or even a jar of bubbles. And you would place it to the east. The season associated with air are incense burner, bell, and wand. And the animals are all kinds of birds. When we think of the fire element, we think of the sun. Fire provides us heat and enables us to cook our food. Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are the fire signs. The colors for fire are red and orange. The season associated with fire is summer, and the magical workings include 
drive um, destruction and power. Magical tools associated are the athame, cauldron, and sword. Animals are the dragon, horse, and lion. Crystals of the red and orange colors can be used to represent as well as a piece of charcoal, a small piece of firewood, and that would be placed to the south of your altar or sacred space. Water is essential to keep us hydrated and clean. Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces are the water signs. Colors of water are blue and green. These colors could be used in the forms of crystals to represent the water element as well as a seashell or a bowl of water. And this would be placed at the west. So the season associated with water is autumn and magical workings include love, pregnancy, and calmness. Magical tools are the cup or chalice. Animals are dolphins, whales, and other creatures of the sea and ocean. And according to astrology, Earth in your birth chart represents practicality and materialism. Air means intellectual and communicative. The more fire in your chart, the more active you are, and the more water tells you how sensitive and vulnerable you are. Now let's talk about energy. Energy is all around us. Sometimes the universe can deplete our energy depending on how the planets are aligned or when the moon is in void, of course. Spirits use the energy around us to function and we use the energy around us when we do spells or rituals. We have four types of energy and they are emotional, which is how we feel about what is going on in our lives, mental, which is the ability or willingness to engage in cognitive work, physical, the energy to do physical activities, and spiritual, an interpersonal, non-physical force or essence. You can help to manage your energy during mindfulness and rest. Don't feel bad about setting boundaries if something is going to deplete your energy. You can also do meditations to unblock your chakras. And speaking of unblocking chakras, I just had a Reiki healing done on me a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And she unblocked all my chakras and oh my goodness, what a difference. And at one point, I actually did get emotional because when we, um, so as she was doing this whole thing, it took about maybe 20 minutes and she was doing this whole thing and I had my eyes closed. She had some soft music and bells, you know, playing in the background. And she had stones with the colors of the chakras and a couple of different other items. And each chakra she touched. Now, mind you, she didn't touch my body. You know what I mean? She did not physically touch my body. But the way she went about it, it was like she um, internally touched my chakras and healed them and opened them up. You know what I mean? And I am telling you right now, when she opened up my um, 
third eye chakra, I started seeing things. And I mean, I have a I have a pretty strong third eye to begin with, I think anyway. Um, although not really lately, let's be honest. Not really lately. But when she opened up my third eye, I just saw all kinds of things. And we'll talk more about that in another in another episode because I do want to talk about Reiki in a in a future episode. So let me know about your experiences with Reiki and maybe I can talk about it on the episode. All right. So anyway, make sure to rid yourself of any negative energy before doing any spell work. You also want to cleanse any new magical items before using them to clear any potential negative energy. You always want to put your own positive energy into your magical tools. You'll get better results that way. Even if you buy your tools from a witch shop or an occult shop, whatever you want to call it, um, and even if you got it from somebody that you know very well and you know their intentions are all good, if they've used it for themselves, you still want to put your own positive energy into it, all right? Because you want it to work for you, right? There are There are ways also to protect your home from negative vibes or negative entities. I myself have three bells hanging from the front door and blowing cinnamon out your door at the beginning of each month is another popular way. And we did mention that before. Okay, so now I would like to draw a rune for you. And by the way, I, as I'm shuffling through these runes, I just wanna say that I have been looking forward to recording this episode because I do miss doing it every week, I will be honest. Um, I'm thinking about trying to do more than one episode a month, but I've just been so busy this past, the past couple of months actually, just getting ready for the wedding and everything like that. Me and Chris are doing things on our own. So, I mean, we have help from family members and stuff like that, but everything that we're putting into it is our own energy, um, our own money, well, most of our own money, and just whatever has meaning to us, you know what I mean? And um, it's just great. And I will post pictures on my Patreon and coffee page um, for those who care to see them. You would have to become a member on one of the tiers because it is a personal thing. Um, you know, and I'm just wanting to get a little bit of extra support that way, but it is not necessary because trust me, I do appreciate you guys coming on here and listening to me. And especially when I ramble on about things, you know, I do appreciate that. Anyway, um, all right, let me find the page for this rune. I drew a blank for a minute there. I couldn't figure out what page it was on. Anyway, um, the rune I drew is called Awas. And I think I've drawn this rune before. Chances are I have because I've drawn runes for you guys for um, quite a bit. But anyway, the meaning of this rune is defense, avertive powers, and it associates with the yew tree. So I'll go ahead and read the the whole thing of it. As we are tested, 
we fund the power to avert blockage and defeat. At the same time, we develop in ourselves an aversion to the conduct that creates stress in our lives. If there appears to be an obstacle in your path, consider that even a delay may prove beneficial. Do not be overly eager to press forward, for this is not a time or situation in which you can make your influence felt. Patience is the counsel Awas offers. Nothing hectic, no acting needy, or lusting after a desired outcome. This rune speaks to the difficulties that can arise at the beginning of a new life. Often it announces a time of waiting for a spring to fill up with water, for fruit to ripen on the bough. Perseverance and foresight are called for here. The ability to foresee consequences before you act is a mark of the profound person. Avert anticipated difficulties through right action, this rune is saying. And yet, even more than we are doers, we are deciders. Once the decision is clear, the doing becomes effortless, for then the universe supports and empowers our action. Receiving awas, you are put on notice that, through inconvenience and discomfort, growth is promoted. This may well be a trying time. Certainly, it is a meaningful one. So set your house in order, tend to business, be clear, and wait on the will of heaven. So I feel that it kind of speaks to us a little bit as far as what we have been talking about, but I also feel that it speaks to me kind of individually um, as to all my plans and my future plans and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. All right, now for an everyday spells card. Let's see. The next card in this box is the rain spell. Do this spell on the first rainy day of spring. Oh boy, I guess we gotta wait a while for that. But I'm gonna read it anyway because I am doing them in order. So anyway, put out a green dish or bowl outside to catch the rainwater. At the end of the day, bring the dish inside and put it beside a lit green candle. Repeat this mantra. Rain spirits come to me. Bring your rain in all its beauty. Make it rain. Make it pour. For an hour, even a little more. Then pour the water onto the candle to put it out and repeat the mantra once more. And as usual, I will take a picture of that and post it on the Facebook group. All right. Well, that is all I have for you today. By the time you hear this episode, I will be married to my Chris. And I will tell you all about it on the next episode. So make sure you come join the Facebook group and feel free to post about witchy things. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. And as I mentioned before, I also have a Patreon page as well as a coffee page where you can join it here for perks. And I am planning on updating the YouTube channel, but it is such a lot of work. So please bear with me because I just I like to put a lot of work into it just to make it nice to look at you know so if you listen to this show on apple or spotify i would really appreciate it if you could give me a rating and a review it really helps the show become more noticeable through searches so please help me out there and share with others who you might who you think might like it okay everyone thanks for tuning in until next time be magical so that's going to do it for today 
I will be airing these podcasts about once a week, so be sure to tune in. You might want to choose to get notified when I air so that you don't miss a thing. If you have any comments, please feel free to connect with me on my Facebook group. I will leave the link to that along with my website on the show notes. Blessed be.